1: Hello, this is the Red Box Podcast. I'm Matt Chorley, bringing you the best of my Times Radio show. You can listen Monday to Friday, 10 till 1, on your DB radio, on your smart speaker, or on the Times Radio app. Just download it wherever you get your apps from. Right, coming up today, it's Wednesday, so it must be PMQs Unpacked, but no Tim Shipman or Patrick Maguire this week. Instead, well, I'm joined by Radio Royalty, actual Jane and Fee, Jane Garvey and Fee Glover, from Afternoons on Times Radio and from the Off Air podcast, which I'm sure you are also listening to. Uh, they join me today to pause the action live from the House of Commons to analyse in real time the key exchanges between Keir Starmer and Rishi Sunak. Uh, It's how we do PMQs every week, but it's nice to have some special guests in to help us do. Uh, So that's coming up in just a moment, but as we always do, uh, let's first of all take a look at the news with the columnists.
2: Columnists with Alibert, Alice Thompson and
1: Robert Crampton on Times Radio. And we say very good morning to Alice Thompson. Morning. Nice to see you. And hello Robert Crampton. Hi Matt. Um, now do we are we gonna talk about the gift you've brought in Alice now? We're gonna do that in a minute. Should we do the oh, serious news first?
3: What do you want? Either. Depends yeah,
1: well, how much you yeah. want to eat them. Let's tease let's tease the listeners as to what's in your bag. <laughs> Uh, Now, um, here's an interesting question. Will the public understand why the government isn't offering help on mortgages? This is what Jeremy Hunt was saying.
4: Those kind of schemes, which involve injecting large amounts of cash into the economy, right now would be inflationary. So much as we sympathise with the difficulties, and we'll do everything we can to help people seeing their mortgage costs go up, we won't do anything that would mean we prolonged inflation.
1: So, uh, mortgages are going up. Um, lots of people say well lots of people actually including the Lib Dems well something must be done you should give people money to pay their mortgages and the point with that is that the whole point of mortgages going up is to stop people spending money to bring <laughs> down inflation but isn't part of the problem that we've all got a bit used to? Anything goes wrong and the government steps in.
3: Well, I think that's the biggest problem. Is it started with the pandemic when yeah. um, we all got furlough and well, we didn't, at the times, but everyone else seems to have got furlough. I and then of it went on. The radio on. all the way through. Yeah, all cars yeah. from a
1: spare bedroom. Oh yeah. And yeah.
3: then there was eat out to help out. And yeah. then there's been the fuel allowance. So I think uh-huh. the, the problem is that we have got used to it. But also, I think people are really struggling. I mean, this is going to be a nightmare for people. Not particularly my age group but that kind of middle age group because most of the younger ones haven't even got a mortgage it's the kind of 35 to 55 before you've actually helped sort of managed to pay off most of it i mean that must be a nightmare when you've got small children and you haven't, and so i can see why they really desperately need help
5: but do you think the do you think the public will understand i hope what? so i hope there's some shreds of personal responsibility left in the, in the <laughs> british <laughs> population but as ellis says we've we've got we've got used to it over the last few years uh I can't see a reason why the government should pay for your mortgage. I really can't. I mean, I know it's difficult, uh but we've had low interest rates for many, many years, 15 years. We've had it, you know, cheap money. And I know they're going up. I'm paying a great deal more on my mortgage than I was before. Uh, I'm more able to afford it fortunately than most people, but I think there has to be a point where the government, you have to get off the, the the idea that the government can step in whenever there's a difficulty. The furlough scheme was 80%, 80% was in retrospect rather extremely generous, but possibly yeah. over generous. I think most countries were coming at about. 60, also, there's so many people 55%. who are
3: renting at the moment and actually yeah. the rents have gone up astronomically. So once you start with yeah. mortgages, then it's even more unfair on the people who well, can't and even that get a mortgage. The problem
5: is that,
1: that, that, but once you cross the Rubicon mm. of when something gets... Because I remember during the sort of 2010-2015 era, most of what Ed Miliband did was going around going, oh, have you seen the price of that? Yeah. Well, that's expensive. I remember they put out press releases once about how gyms had gone up or yeah. something. And then everyone pointed out, actually, they were mostly council but gyms also, run you by Labour. Say... But once you, cross, once you crossed
5: the government, yeah. if in doubt, the government's going to write you a cheque and make it all better. That's no good. And, I mean, I've, we've seen steelworks and whole communities go to the wall because the government won't uh, uh, step in. And if they won't do that, why should they pay for... Yeah, homeowners' mortgages. Yeah, who are not necessarily who who are maybe struggling, but are by the very fact that they own a, own a house are probably towards. The upper end, are, not the upper end, but the, the, yeah, they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're not better off than others. Yes, yeah, yeah. And the problem so, with the
3: Tories, though, is it is going to be in the southeast. Yeah. So there is a lot of the people with the biggest mortgages are going to oh, yeah. be people who are going to be in Tory
5: but it's constituencies. I am all for the government helping people out, but we've got to, we've got it's got to be targeted in some way, hasn't it? This blanket yeah, approach yeah. whereby you just give everybody a, a fuel uh, handout or everybody a furlough handout or everybody pay everybody's the slice of everybody's the, mortgage. The, the, the is trouble just,
1: is when you do everyone like they did with yeah. the fuel, it's it costs a huge amount of money to give each person not that much. Yes. So I can't remember if that's 400 quid or something.
5: And yeah. Well, I could afford for it. I don't Yeah, I, I don't see to. why we're so allergic to... I mean, because the whole sort of spectre of means testing yeah. comes, in, comes up. I think we've, we've arrived at that situation now with a welfare state where it's got to be much more yeah. selective and targeted because we know that there's 20, 25, 30% of the country's in dire straits. Yeah. But the rest, you know, there's a whole chunk of people who are not. So what you got... Like, it's really interesting, actually. Is the Times a couple of weeks ago got you go to poll around the mortgage question.
1: On the question of who is to blame for interest rates going up, uh, 32% said the UK, uh, the government's economic policies. Uh, 15% said Brexit. Uh, 16% said the long-term impact of COVID-19. 17% said Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Uh. So, I mean, if you put government and Brexit <laughs> together, that's quite a big old uh, slice. Also, though, on the question of, uh, you know, who's affected by this... Twenty-five percent of Tory voters have got a mortgage, thirty-four percent of Labour voters, thirty-nine percent of Lib Dems. Well, it's because more than half of Tory voters own their house outright. Yeah, that's yeah and that's because they're elderly. I mean, yeah, yeah, the, the yeah. oldest people
3: aren't going to be badly off, and that is the problem. Yeah. Is the more and more the elderly are doing okay, and the younger generations aren't.
1: <laughs> In fact, this is incredible. Are uh, uh, owning their house outright. Uh, si- over sixty-five, mm. uh, over sixty-five odds. Seventy-four percent of them own their own homes outright, mm. and, st- and,
5: and going down to forty-one percent for those in their fifties. And still, they want a triple lock on pensions. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> when if you were. <sighs> I mean, I'm just a so-called boomer. I'm right. I'm 1964, the very end. Of, I mean, I don't really identify with people. It's a very wide category. I don't really identify with people born in 1945. You can
1: identify what whatever <laughs> you like. <Yeah>, exactly. Yes, <laughs> I
5: mean, beginning, you can of, a cat. beginning of the whatever it was, yeah, uh, Gen X or Gen Z something. Uh, and yeah, if I were 20, 30 years younger, I would be furious about people like me and older. I mean, it's it's, it's a real shocking ageism in British political life at the moment, just based on who votes and where they live.
1: 3% outrageous. of 18 to 24-year-olds own their house outright.
0: Mm. Well, most
3: of them can't get a house, can they? 3%. They're not
5: going to be able They'll
1: to be be get gifted. one. They'll be gifted. They'll be rich just, people. Yeah, been, yeah. yeah, yeah. They, yeah. they yeah. Almost, don't, almost, or almost certainly don't know what owning a house outright means. Yeah. They yeah. just live with their parents. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
5: But yeah, it does seem to be a big problem for the... for the. That's interesting. Only twenty. The, that's amazing. All the all Tories have paid it all off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And only...
1: I can't remember, that number's so small. I think it's 8% of 18 to 24-year-olds have got a mortgage. Uh, and then that jumps to half of uh, 25 to 49-year-olds. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because there's so many of the renting. Yeah. Uh, and forty. oh, wow. Almost half of 18 to 24-year-olds are living with parents.
3: Yeah, that's the killer one, isn't it? I mean, yeah. Robert, actually, I, Robert's talked about this. You like yeah. having your children at I home. I I think it's yeah. just impossible for children if they can't get out.
5: yeah. But it is, uh, it's is—it's going up, it's going much more towards a sort of Italian or Spanish model where a lot of 30-year-olds still live with their parents. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well,
1: we'll see. I suspect the government might get...
5: There'll be more pain ahead.
1: But this is a big problem when they've said they want to halve inflation. while. Basically subcontracting it to yeah. the Bank of England, yes. so they have no control over this. And the Bank of England is just, you know, hammering away at mortgages. Yeah, and they're getting the criticism on both sides. Inflation is still too high, but But he's right,
5: there. of course. It would be inflationary, so yeah. it, would be, it, it would make a mockery of the. Uh of the, whole, bank, the, the whole bank's whole
1: policy. Yeah. Yeah. Right, let's move on. This is far more important.
5: Why, what's in your bag, Alice?
3: <laughs> well, it is only because Robert has been writing about cinnamon rolls. So we've got some cinnamon rolls. Hey! Well, actually, hey! he's been writing about um, being a man who is like a cinnamon roll. Do
5: you That's... want me to define a cinnamon roll? while I we're passing Have pass a cinnamon it, roll right? first. while we're passing them around. I did not even like cinnamon rolls. I thought you bought me a... You, I bought you... you a rock cake, yes. actually,
3: because in fact, Robert prefers rock cakes to cinnamon rolls. What is the cinnamon roll? Really. Is that the rock cake? Yep. And that's the
1: <laughs> This is a cinnamon roll. God, this massive, a cinnamon roll. There's your cinnamon roll. Oh, it's in gales. Russell, Russell.
5: Somebody's coming to some money.
3: <laughs> yeah, you see, I'm paying off my mortgage Lily. Yeah,
5: exactly. Yeah, I'd love to that's, live in that bag. Um, this is the cinnamon roll man. Is the Yeah, new, so what, who is, is the, new is new the f-
1: cinnamon roll man? Go on, uh, Mark. This
5: is the... From a piece in Publishers Weekly saying that a romance... Uh, yeah. Escapist romance novels, which are uh, obviously chiefly aimed at women, are now do not feature, or as, not as much as they did, the kind of classic alpha male, not very nice, uh, kind of Rupert, Jilly Cooper type bloke who behaves abominably towards... Yeah, tough,
3: mean. Tough,
5: mean, you know, they're actually now uh, a desire for us kind of loving, caring, sensitive, so-called cinnamon roll man... Well... Uh, Stodgy. And, <laughs> yeah, with the dusting of sugar. sugar and and I wrote a piece this morning saying that, they, yeah, that was me. Mm. But, uh, and, I'm, and it's good news, because I was always a bit concerned that... The, the sales of Fifty Shades of Grey really concerned me mm. from a feminist point mm. of view. I couldn't get my head around that quite. Uh, so the idea that uh, younger... Uh, female readers are, are, are getting into uh, and all they're saying really is that they want a bloke to be in a decent shape like a cinnamon roll but be able to have a conversation and show some affection like the inside of a cinnamon roll I don't think it's a particularly good analogy actually the cinnamon roll thing uh, I think we've heard better it's not an analogy is it, it's a simile I think, something like that was mixed up with those.
1: Yeah, similarly, similarly, yeah, I am a
5: yeah. similar more. I mean, yeah. like a, the day before, it was golden retriever man. Yeah, I think that might yeah. have been
3: a bit better actually. No,
5: because that's like oh, you comparing sing? you to the Andrex puppy. I'm <laughs> no, I've got that. a golden retriever. Yes, I know. It, well, and, that's why I thought you might bring it and in. They're actually. loving and faithful and all that, all of that stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah, and eager to please. Well, that's it, very lazy. Oh, yeah, really. stubborn.
1: I'd go as far. As okay, say. so maybe yeah. that's
5: not such a good. Anyway, Alice, what do you think about Do you want, do you want a
1: man who's gonna wee on the kitchen floor?
5: <laughs> That's why I said that. Cake I can do, but not a dog. <laughs>
1: Alice, is this, is this the, your idea of a perfect man, this cinnamon roll?
3: Yeah, well, I don't really like cinnamon rolls either, but I do like <laughs> cinnamon roll men, I think. Yeah. I think the men who, I always thought, as Robert said, Fifty Shades of Grey was just a dire, dire book, basically, because it yeah. gave everyone the wrong idea. And then all the teenagers thought that's what we all liked. When mm. In fact, all the you know, choking all that, and stuff. Yeah, choking, it was mm. tying oh, up, it was oh, a really oh, mean, oh. nasty, also rich. So they yeah. had to be very rich, mm. good looking, and mean. And in fact, what we all want is someone who is just going to chat a bit, you know, helps with washing up. And he's kind. Kind, nice, and that's what you want for your children as well. Now I'm always of saying course. find someone kind. I mean yeah. they get quite annoyed by it, but is
1: actually it a, it that's comfort, what you want. Comforting is that the whole is that the connection with the cinnamon roll?
5: I uh, no, it's a, there's a, I think it's the contrast between the outside which is sort of uh, how got, a little bit crispy, yeah, anyway. a little bit crispy, and the and this is why I think it doesn't yeah. really work. But anyway, and the inside which is sort of soft and gooey.
3: But they also want to say you're a bit more exciting than a croissant because you don't want a really yeah. boring man. No. What you want is someone Off who's French. (laughs) (laughs) yeah no that that could be a problem but actually I do think there is a point that I think people do now want something because they're both if you've got both people working in a relationship then you want someone who isn't going to be constantly telling you what to do and where to go you kind of want someone who's going to split everything equally don't you
1: my main disappointment about the piece was they've put a picture of Harry Styles at the top without a picture of you dressed as Harry Styles oh
5: really well I haven't seen it yet there's there's Harry Styles and some other Clive Myrie Joe Wicks yeah Joe's,
1: I think Joe's the absolute uh Appeared to me, yeah. I went to see how he stars at the weekend. Oh yeah, and all I could think about was you. Right, <laughs> <laughs> and now a special a... guest. He should have brought you on. Yeah, Should have brought you on. He was wearing. Oh, a as far of... as
5: I know, though, Harry Styles is unaware of my existence. <laughs> oh, he definitely knows. No. He's a Times reader, of course he is. Do you reckon? Did you see the Australian cricketers all reading the Times? In the, yeah, in the pavilion. That was good. I think they were doing the quiz actually.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah, Harry Styles is wearing a sort of sequined dungarees. I just oh, right, remember. yeah. Sort I've of trousers yeah. with the...
5: Yeah, I Robert's got oh, those too, I haven't you? I, well, I, yeah. I could, yeah, no, he never does, does he know No, why, why would you, when you look like yeah, that? exactly. Harry, <laughs> living the dream, isn't he? I've made
1: such a mess with this. You really,
5: <laughs> you really haven't, your fingers are all sticky. <laughs> Is a
1: cinnamon roll the same as a cinnamon swirl, says Ali and Sterling.
3: Yeah, I think they're the same, don't you? Yeah, I do. <laughs> they're quite deep, aren't they? Mm.
5: I it's it was massive.
1: More, yeah, I was expecting something more like a pan raisin sort of shape. Do you know what I mean?
3: Yeah, maybe these ones are a bit yeah, higher, do That would
5: do be, a, that be a swirl, swirl, wouldn't it?
1: Swirled, yeah, 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 that's this, Yeah, swirled, Yeah, a swirl, yeah. Sort of, it's, it's sort of like it's been cooked in a... in a. But like they're a in pretty good cake, shape, aren't yeah. they? That's they you, are pretty Robert, good shape and they well, are thank delicious. You. Cheers, Alice. Thanks very <laughs> much. What about the cakes? Have <laughs> <laughs> either of you ever thought about being an MP?
3: I was actually once asked if I wanted to stand in Tiverton after tractor porn because they were trying to oh, find someone you? they thought <laughs> hadn't really? watched tractor porn. But in fact, <laughs> I didn't. I don't really belong to. It turned any out party. you had watched
1: tractor <laughs> and, uh, you had re- sorry, sorry, sorry guys. About, yeah, yeah, absolute fail.
3: Can't do that one. It's <laughs> disgusting. Uh, no, but I just I, Fifty Shades I, of Brown. There. <laughs> <Yeah. In> <laughs> My I promise I don't really belong to a party, so that would be the difficulty, I think. Yeah. And I couldn't toe the line, and I don't yeah. think I'd really want all the flack. I mean, it's bad and good. I think... Yeah. I do admire people who do stand up, but I just think it would be very hard to choose which party you'd stand for in the first place.
5: Uh, my dad was an, uh, yeah. an MEP, uh, and, so it and my mum was a long-standing councillor. It would have been a natural thing for me to try to do. I was... Uh, same reasons for I didn't want to sit in a load of meetings. I didn't want to toe a line. Uh, <laughs> and I wanted to sit on the sidelines and take the mickey more yeah. than I wanted to be in the arena. As you and me both. Douglas heard used yeah, to yeah. say, I think once said to Max Hastings, didn't he? You've yeah. got to be in the arena, which I kind of admire. But uh, no, I wanted to. I'm one of nature's uh, spectators rather than participants. Yeah. Uh, having said that, I th- I do think, to answer your question, yes, we should t- stop taking the mickey out yeah. of MP. I mean, I'm all- Michael Gove, whom I know slightly because he used to work here, uh, Michael took a huge pay cut to become yeah. an MP and has been rather a good one, uh, and rather a good minister. And I think it's, uh, and you were writing about Penny Morden, and yeah. there are, for the most part, on both sides of the house, they're good people. Yeah. Uh, and and, and well, you, you have to be pretty committed to want mm.
1: to put you know to jump into all this you do let's bring in adam adam Hawkesby. he's been on the show uh, several times before he's, he's director of the think tank onwards morning adam good morning and you've written uh a piece about how <laughs> our sort of squeamishness about anyone who shows any kind of political ambition means that actually probably half
6: decent people might be put off yeah, I think that's right. And and the piece partly came from uh, a few years back. I lived in uh, the US. I was lucky enough, I had a scholarship to the Harvard Kennedy School of Government. And you've got people all around the world that are kind of looking to be leaders. And you meet, you know, someone from Sacramento, California, that wants to go back and run for city council, the businessman from Columbia that wants to go back and be mayor of their town. And the Brits are all there just kind of embarrassed for these people and saying, oh, God, but I couldn't possibly and I'd never thought and I'm not sure. And Since then I've thought how silly that is that we don't see being an MP as an act of public service as a way Mm. to contribute and make things better. And then I got called up a couple of weeks ago by a journal who said, did I want to run for an MP? And I found myself parroting the same lines. I was also saying, oh, I'm not sure. And I don't know. And I thought it was ridiculous. I'd I'd love to be an MP. Of course I would, I run a think tank. I want to kind of get into the arena. And and the more I think about it, the more, of course there are loads of reasons, you know, uh, pay is one, the pressure that MPs come under social media, but unless we deal with that stigma around even wanting to run in the first place, then we're going to get far fewer people that want to do it. Obviously, your, your your current boss, Seb Payne, is trying to become an MP. Yeah, he is, in the, the god the amount of abuse that he gets on Twitter. <laughs> to be clear, it's not it's not the kind of classic uh, you should you know your ideas are wrong or you're thinking the wrong thing. It's about appearance. It's about whatever else. And look. To be clear, kind of, you know, smallest violin in the world, Seb's a big boy about this stuff. <laughs> it's the people looking on the sidelines, right? So it's members of the public see that and they don't think, oh, well, I'm sure that will just be for Seb and it won't be for me. They think, God, I, I don't want any of that. I want to be miles away from that. So, look, it's bad for Seb, but it's much worse for all the people that are watching that that think, well, I, I don't want to take a pop.
1: Mm-hmm. What do you think, Alice? And actually, your, your column about uh, Paddy Morton is sort of interesting because her approach to politics is to sort of, uh, you know, she doesn't cause a lot of fuss a lot of the time, but every often sort of sticks her butt to power and actually gains quite a lot of respect for that
3: I think she's gained more and more respect because yeah. at the beginning I think everyone thought of her as a sort of lightweight because she was on kind of you know she went Splash. on Splash and, and she wore the red swimsuit and, and I think she's actually got a huge amount of gravitas now and that's what people want they want people they can take <laughs> seriously they want people who aren't just playing the game mm. and I think the problem about MPs is they go in thinking they're going to do something great and actually they slowly get worn down and actually they yeah. do just start playing games and they do start becoming self-obsessed in the wrong way rather than trying to achieve anything
1: yeah yeah but, but is I, it, Sorry, go on, Alan. Oh, no, he's gone. Uh, Do you think you might ever become an MP, Adam?
6: Uh, I hope to, um, and I'm doing everything I can to kind of get there. But, you know, there are a lot of variables. I, I think, you know, I'd be running as a Conservative MP. I'm centre-right. I think the next election's going to be quite tricky for Tories. <laughs> so, yeah, I can't, no, I can't I,
1: work out, though, if that's a good time or a bad, because that is actually what Michael Gove did, isn't it? He? he went in... in yeah, a yeah, the, the number of, yeah, number of people the, did subsequently did well. They yeah. bought
5: they bought Tory shares when they were very cheap. Yeah. And and then, yeah.
1: Getting on the Well, yeah. um, Blair and Brown, the same, yeah. Yeah, you know, election yeah. 83 and sort of getting yeah. on the ground floor. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you should go up.
3: now, we think.
1: Yeah, get on with it, Adam, <laughs> if you can okay, win a if seat. You could let, if you could let Conservative campaign headquarters know, that'd be great. Yeah. yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, well, um, just send them some cinnamon buns. That seems to be the uh, <laughs> win over anyone. Robert Crampton and Alice Thompson then, of course, you can read them both in The Times every week. Just get yourself a subscription. Go to thetimes.co.uk forward slash timeswebbox. Up next is PMQ's Unpacked with Jaden Fee.
0: This episode of Politics Without the Boring Bits is brought to you by Luton Rising, owners of London Luton Airport, the UK's most socially impactful airport. Find out more at lutonrising.org.uk.
1: You're listening to the Red Box Podcast now. It's time for this. PMQs unpacked on
5: Times Radio. Unpacking the politics and cutting through the crossfire.
2: Order, order. I call Matt Chorley.
8: I'm jank it, crank it and leave
7: the knob on. I just didn't think good things could get anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you've got your own jingle. That's amazing. Yeah, there we are. Can I take that home with me?
1: Well, a very good afternoon to you. It is PMQ's Unpacked with Jane Garvey and Fee Glover off of the Afternoons on Times Radio and the Off-Air podcast yes. and Instagram sensations. Jane, Jane and Fee. Jane and Fee on the Instagram. Yeah. Uh, Mike's been in touch, saying, I'm looking forward to PMQs with Jada Fee, but I admit I find it very confusing when these mashups happen. It's like when boy George turned up on the A-team. Yes, it's just like that. <laughs> <laughs> what do you normally, do you
7: normally watch it? Do you normally listen? Do you normally I, I, ignore it I'm entirely? I'm quite a faithful listener, actually. Of, of how we do yes, it? Yes, sometimes I even listen to you doing it. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I always listen to you, uh,
8: and I listen on the tube on the way in. Yeah. So, as... As long as you can say all of the best things by about twenty-three minutes past twelve, I'm all right. Well, it's
1: a good job that you're both here because I've got an extra job to do today because uh, Patrick Maguire's on his way to Glastonbury. Uh Llama Spirit is off on holiday. You really were desperate, weren't you? So no, no. So I'm writing. Is this meant
8: to make us feel no, good. Jane? No,
1: no, <laughs> sure. no. I'm writing the Red Box oh, email, ooh, yeah. PMQ's email. So I, I obviously did Red Box for four or five years. Uh, it's th- thought all those days were behind me. But after the show today, I've got to write an email all about PMQ. So we'll, we'll, we'll sort of compose that together.
7: Oh, OK. Well, have you spoken to our agent about that? <laughs> <laughs> don't so, think so, Matt. <laughs> uh,
1: so, yes, yeah, If Times subscribers can go to thetimes.co.uk forward slash redbox uh, and sign up now. So I'll be in your inbox later. There'll be no escape uh, from us. Uh, if inflation comes up, what do you think Keir Starmer's first question should be?
7: Well, um, thank you very much. for. Well, I suppose, when is the medicine going to work? Yeah. is the only question to ask about it, isn't
1: it?
8: Well, I think he would be wise, wouldn't he, to plough into uh, the number of years that a Tory government has been in charge of fiscal policy in this country and the number of promises that have been made and the ever-extendable rule that seems to be used uh, to measure their success. Because there's, you know, there is heaps of ammunition there.
1: And also the fact that uh, Rishi Sunak promised to halve inflation. Yes, at the beginning of the it's year. a key pledge. We're halfway through the year and he's not halfway to halving it. Yep. So, are we ready? We've got him. Yeah, we can go. Here we go. Brace yourselves. Great. Adopt the brace position. We're going live to the House of Commons. It's question number one from Keir Starmer. Right,
2: thank you, Mr Speaker. Can I join the Prime Minister and his comments about the Windrush generation who've contributed so much to our country and to the armed forces in this week and all weeks, Um, and Glenda Jackson's passing leaves a space in our cultural and political life that can never be filled. She played many roles, with great distinction, passion and commitment. Academy Award-winning actor, campaigning Labour MP and an effective Government Minister. We will never see talent like hers again. Mr Speaker, one of the Prime Minister's own MPs says Britain is facing a mortgage catastrophe. Does he agree with her,
4: well, Mr. Speaker? Can I start by joining the honourable gentleman in his uh, tribute to Glenda Jackson? Uh, and, Mr. Speaker, it's also right that we do support those with the mortgages, and this is why the absolute right economic priority is to halve inflation, because inflation is what is driving interest rates up. Inflation is what erodes people's savings and pushes up prices and ultimately makes them poorer. Now. This is why, a long time before I had this job, I highlighted the importance of tackling inflation. It's why that I said it is never easy to root out inflation, but we will take the difficult and responsible decisions to do so. It's an approach that the IMF has strongly endorsed in their words and describing our actions as decisive and responsible.
7: Yeah.
1: Right, let's pause it there. OK.
7: Well, there wasn't actually an answer to the question, was there? No. no and there was a reference if You're going to point out body. that every time. Sorry. To... <laughs> well, I just got stating the office. Carry on,
8: please. No, well, it's very no, I always think you know when you go for a quote uh you know from somebody like the IMF mm. and you pick out decisive and responsible. You know, if you're just an average punter and you're going to see a west end show <laughs> and it says at the bottom entertaining and whatever it responsible. is. responsible. Yes. Yeah. And you always wonder mm, what else did the report say? Yeah, so yeah. I think that's a slightly weak kind of somebody else says We're being decisive and responsible rather than this is the evidence that we are because that's the whole point, isn't it? Nobody is feeling.
1: So Keir Starmer raised this quote that Britain's heading for a mortgage catastrophe. That's from the Tory MP Lucy Allen. Who who's criticised the complacency of the Bank of England? She's also the MP who's now standing down as the MP for Telford, saying that ah, the Tory so party she,
7: she's free to say it.
1: Yes, the Tory party doesn't care about places like Telford anymore. She's do you do you
7: pre- think it head. matters? And I, you know, I've, I've no, I'm not. This is not a personal attack on Rishi Sunak, but the fact that he is so wealthy, and that even people with quite a cursory knowledge of awareness of political stuff mm. know that yeah and then you hear him not being dismissive exactly but just saying yes yes do, yeah. um and people think well he he'll just never know the pain he's yeah. not lying awake at night thinking what are we going to do next month
1: and actually uh this wasn't someone from the times but someone who was on the trip when was Sinat went to america a couple of weeks ago mm. uh he was asked on the plane have you ever had a mortgage and he sort of waffled on about more, you know, the the concept of mortgages, and was sort of pressed on it, and got quite prickly before he admitted that he had, at some point, had one. Right. But I mean, that, that's the difference between somebody who may have, you know, like Keir Starmer, may or may not have a mortgage now, but it has had one at some point, yeah. and just someone who's so rich and has been so rich, you know, to, to the fact there's even a question of whether or not he even knows what it's like to have a mortgage or to pay the rent or. Whatever, he's probably um uh a bit problematic. Uh he also wishes touched on, he said I before long before I got this job I warned about the importance of inflation. I think he means last summer right. when uh well, he was it is
8: a long time ago well, in politics at the moment. When he was
1: going through the leadership contest with Liz Truss, he warned, you know, we need to get a grip on inflation mm. and your plan will crash the economy. Mm. So he was half right.
7: And they're calling in the banks, aren't they? On is it on Friday? Yeah. Uh, well, more
1: important than that, they called in Martin Lewis today. That's how serious it is. Yeah, well,
7: yeah, but... Well, we that is the person you need to call the Ma- first. money-saving I think like expert, to call him.
1: <laughs> Martin yeah. Lewis, has been in to see uh, Jeremy Hunt.
7: And do we know what happened?
1: Uh, they had a very... Well, Martin Lewis tweeted a picture of it and then said it was a private meeting. Um...
7: Right. <laughs> One of those private meetings uh, you tweet a picture of.
1: Yeah, he said, uh, just left Downing Street after being invited to an urgent private meeting with Jeremy Hunt to discuss mortgages. I can't detail the discussion... But rest assured, all the points that we make about the need for banks not to ramp margins and proper forbearance were made.
8: Mm. Right, It's tough for the banks, though, isn't it? A phrase mm. that I didn't think that I would ever yeah. find myself saying because if they're going to uh, get some of the blame and be expected to come up with some of the solutions, that's not quite how
1: but also they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. If the Bank Economics of England puts works. up interest rates, they're yeah. supposed to put up the mortgage. That's the whole point, to squeeze people's income so they stop spending, which brings yeah. down inflation. Mm.
8: So to expect them to have a solution yeah. when they're part of the political process does seem a little bit
1: Right, well, there we are, that was question number one. Let's go back, see what Keir Starmer's got next. Is question number two from Keir Starmer.
2: Mr Speaker, I realise the Prime Minister spent all week saying he doesn't want to influence anyone or anything, <laughs> it was certainly keeping to that with his answer. He he knows very well the cause of the mortgage catastrophe. 13 years of economic failure and a Tory kamikaze budget which crashed the economy and put mortgages through the roof. So will the Prime Minister tell us how much the Tory mortgage penalty is going to cost the average homeowner?
4: Well, Mr. Mr. Speaker, Mr. Speaker, as ever, the honourable gentleman isn't aware of the global macroeconomic situation. But let me do, but substantively, substantively, well, substantively, what, I, what let me tell him and the House what we are doing to support those with mortgages. We have deliberately and proactively increased the generosity of our support for the mortgage interest scheme. We've also established a new FCA communal duty, which will protect people with mortgages, for example, moving them onto interest only mortgages or lengthening mortgage terms. And we have spent tens of billions of pounds supporting people with the cost of living, particularly the most vulnerable. But that is a difference between us, Mr. Speaker. While he is always focused on the politics, we are actually just getting on and doing the
7: job. Oh, dear. <laughs> it's well... getting a <laughs> trifle repetitive, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Stand by because there's four more to go. <laughs> uh, Fee, a point to you for saying uh, we're going to get 13 years of we failure. Yes, and there
7: it was. There it was,
1: and there, it was. And and there a, it was. The Kamikaze budget. We've not had that for a while.
8: Yeah, the... but um, also the response was just a little bit. We've heard it before, wasn't it? Yeah, Where, yeah. you know, it's a it's a global thing. Uh, which uh, harks back to what Alistair Darling and Gordon Brown said for years and years and months and months and weeks and weeks after their financial crash, wasn't it? It's nothing to do with us, it's a global problem. Yeah. But you don't feel that in your personal pocket. Yeah, I'm
1: not sure the best answer is uh, he just doesn't get the global macroeconomic situation.
7: <laughs> It'll be talked about in bus stops up and down the land, <laughs> won't yeah. it? No. Um, the phrase Tory mortgage penalty. Doesn't work. Well, I, I oh, just going to think... set oh. well, I wonder, you Go see. On, I Jay. think maybe that's, there's your campaign. Campaign poster. Yeah. Uh, uh, Tory mortgage penalty equals for the average household. Of course, he wasn't going to say, was he? But no. I mean, I, I would do that poster.
1: I think I'd go bombshell. bombshell. Bombshell's better than penalty. Penalty, Tory, Tory mortgage. The word penalty is such a Keir Starmer sort of a word.
8: So, so
1: you go Tory mortgage bombshell. bombshell.
8: Yeah. Yep. Okay.
7: Um, or,
1: or take the Tory, uh, what was her name? Uh, Lucy Allen. What did she call it? Catastrophe. Tory mortgage catastrophe.
7: The Tories have cost you... Or well, maybe it just would be the Tories have cost you... Yeah. Insert number of... Yeah, yeah okay. Tory mortgage bill. Uh, it's hard to see at the moment why anybody with a mortgage would vote Conservative at the next election, isn't it?
1: Uh, well, I think it's fair to say at the moment the polls suggest that nobody with or without a mortgage is, going to is currently planning to vote. But, hey, uh, things change. Th- th- things could change. Maybe they will change with question number three. Well, let's see. Jane Garvey and Fee here for PMQ's Unpacked. Let's go back to the House of Commons. It's uh, question number three from Keir Starmer.
2: Let's test that, because the, the question he refuses to answer, he actually knows the, the answer to this question, is £2,900 extra. That's the cost to the average family of the Tory mortgage penalty. Now, he was warned by experts about this as long ago as autumn last year, but he either didn't get it, didn't believe it, or didn't care because he certainly didn't do anything. Yeah, yeah. And when I raised this a couple of months ago, he had the gall to stand at that dispatch box and say he was delivering for homeowners. Yeah. How is an extra £2,900 a year on repayment delivering for homeowners?
4: Yeah. Well, so, Mr. Speaker, now let, let's, just, let's just look at the facts. Let's look at the facts because he talks about interest rates. He talks about interest rates. Perhaps the Honourable Gentleman could explain why interest rates are at similar levels in the United States, in Canada, in Australia and New Zealand. Why they are at the highest level in Europe that they have been for two decades, Mr Speaker. That is why it is important that we have a plan to reduce inflation. But in contrast, what do we hear from the Honourable Gentleman? He wants to borrow an extra £28 billion a year. That would make the situation worse. He wants to ban new supplies of energy. From the North Sea, that would make the situation worse. And, and he wants to give in to unions, unaffordable pay demands. That would make the situation worse. Mr Speaker, he doesn't have many policies, but the few that he does have all have the same thing in common. They're dangerous, inflationary and working people would pay the price.
7: <laughs> so it's terrible now, but you just watch. You
1: just wait. It could be, it could be worse. Yeah. That's a, there's a slogan, put mm, that on your poster.
7: Nearly said union barons, but then avoided oh, it. Yeah.
1: Working
8: people would pay the price because they get a pay rise negotiated through their unions. That mm. doesn't doesn't add up to. The problem of quoting international things, Matt, is uh, just, you, you know, we're not living in Vancouver or Boston or but
1: Paris. But also, uh, it may well be that Keir Starmer makes this point, but if you look at the league table on inflation, our eight point, I'm looking at, I don't know, this, what's this website I'm looking at? assuming this is correct, uh, the only major countries with higher inflation uh, than us are Turkey with 40% and Argentina with 114. So we're on 8.7, Italy on 7.6, Australia on 7, area areas on 6.1, uh, similar in Germany, Netherlands, 5.1 in France, Canada's on 4.4, United States is on 4. So it's all right for Rishi Sunak to say well, our interest rates are the same. So why aren't they having the same impact on... Inflation in
7: the states it's because they don't have they don't have an energy problem. Is that right? I think so. So how do we explain it? Why? I mean, I'm always outraged, perhaps in a rather unpleasant way, about Italy doing better than us. It's also so <laughs> completely wrong. Italy specifically. The well, Italian there's just specifically... something about they just seem so poorly organised. <laughs> <laughs> I <I'm> just understand it.
1: <coughs> Eight seven trouble you no. Start your message with the word times if you are Italian. Maybe you're maybe you're watching. Was anyone watching along? If you're on the YouTube channel and
7: you're well, watching, well, they
8: wouldn't in Italy, be, would they? Because they're so disorganised. They they'll be logging on in an hour's time. time.
7: They won't have a clue. They'll They'll be having
8: lunch. Sitting around (laughs) making their fresh pasta. Mm.
7: Oh how lovely. (laughs) You've got your cinnamon roll, you're all right. Well I'm still plowing my way through it. You know, the thing is, I always want, if I'm honest, I want Keir Starmer to be better and punchier than he is. Because there is, there's an open goal there, isn't there? Week in, week out at the moment. And he, I mean, maybe he'll do better in the next couple of questions. But he never. Where's the fire in his belly? I know we've discussed this before. I, I want to see. I want to see more of it. More passion, please.
1: More passion. Well, let's find out. We're halfway through now, everyone.
7: Right. Mm.
1: We'll go back to the House <laughs> of Commons. <laughs> Is it, we're over the hump of it now. It's almost be, okay, over. Okay, yeah, right, we're getting, yeah, we're getting, wow, through. I'm we're getting it. through. We're getting through. it. Uh, right, well, let's go back to the House of Commons. Listening on Times Radio, watching on the YouTube channel. Let us know if you're in Italy. Uh, this is question number four from Keir Starmer. Seriously? <laughs> Sorry. Oh, it's Lindsey. I don't Hull. think we need any more, do we? No. Keir Starmer, oh, taking no, off Mr. the tallest. Mr. Speaker,
2: the Prime Minister has a keen interest in the mortgage market in California, but I'm talking about mortgage holders here. And whilst his government is consumed in law-breaking chaos and division, working people are paying the price. This morning, I spoke to James in Selby. He's a police officer working hard to keep people safe every day. The Tory mortgage penalty is going to cost him and his family 400 pounds more each and every month. That's nearly £5,000. He told me this morning, they may not want to hear this, he told me this morning that they've decided to sell their house, to downsize, and he's just told his children they're going to have to start sharing bedrooms. Why should James and his family pay the cost
4: of the Prime Minister's failure? Well, Mr. S- Mr. Speaker, I hope when the Honourable Gentleman was talking to James, he explained that his economic policies would make James's situation worse, Mr. Speaker. It's not just me saying that, Mr. Speaker. The Independent Independent Institute of Fiscal Studies says his policy of never ending debt and borrowing would damage James because it would increase inflation and drive up interest rates, leaving James and everybody else in this country poorer, Mr. Speaker. The IMF has said that our plan prioritises not what is politically easy but what is right for the British people. That is what responsible economic leadership looks like, Mr. Speaker. Yeah,
7: yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, a... mm. I'm enjoying Penny Mordaunt, who's sitting next to the Prime Minister and looking supportive in a sphinx-like <laughs> sort of way. <laughs> well, we know she can do that for hours. That's as quite well. a. Uh,
1: mm. It's a bit roomy, roomy actually on the bench mm. beside him. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, you've got yeah. I think Jeremy Hunt on one side and Penny Morden on the other.
7: Yeah, yeah, she's wielding her sword of truth.
1: Penny Morden spoke at the do I was at last night. And? Uh, I actually missed it because oh. uh, um, we were watching the cricket. But uh, apparently it was quite funny.
7: Quite funny.
1: That's what I'm told.
7: And that from a man as richly <laughs> apparently gifted I got, as yourself. I got a
1: name check in the speech, but nobody oh. can remember the details, so I don't know if it was good or bad.
7: Nobody can remember
8: the details. <laughs> it's quite a fresh evening.
1: <laughs> they did run out of drink. They ran out of drink. They, and I hadn't been there very long and I got uh, my ear bent by Mark Harper, the Transport Secretary who turned mm. up, and uh, he seemed to think it was my fault that there was no alcohol.
7: Right, a succession of names have been dropped during, um, during the telling of that anecdote. <laughs> so when you say that you were listening oh, come to on, the you cricket...
1: Can't, I, of all the names to drop, Mark um, Harper... Mark Harper,
7: no, listen, <laughs> it works with me... <laughs> I'll be telling everyone I've met someone who's met Mark Harper.
1: <laughs> Peter Andre will be impressed yeah,
7: later on. Um, so we heard about we heard about James and Selby. Um, yes. Uh, now four hundred quid a month. That, I mean, I I, t- I do think these examples are worth Worth using because all of us can wrap our brains around that and think, okay, four hundred quid a month that would have an impact. But all the prime minister's got in his locker is just to say that James, it's going to be far, far worse if people go out and vote Labour in what is it, twelve months? And this
8: quoting of yet more, uh, you know, independent, what was it, Institute of Fiscal Studies and the IMF back again, that isn't going to matter to James. And you're not going to remember those quotes, but you are going to remember James and the four hundred quid a month. Now
1: here's a counter argument. Because we had this conversation earlier with um, Robert Cramps and Anna Thompson. Robert was saying people need to take personal responsibility. It's not the government's job to pay your mortgage. No. And when you take a mortgage, you are taking that, you know, it is a long term thing. And you have to take responsibility for your mortgage. And, you know, the situation that. James... Is it the government's job to help James so his kids don't have to have bunk beds?
7: Well, I mean. We, of course... we can
1: sympathise with the situation, but should the government. Well take on James's mortgage. I like
7: the idea of the government possibly putting pressure on the banks um, yeah. who will reach out and mortgage lenders mm. to help those people who are going to be struggling. Yeah, I take the point that they, we all have a degree of... Of course we have a degree of personal responsibility. But we're in this situation because of the policies of mm. the current government. So to say they have no responsibility yeah. to people struggling, it seems incredibly mm. harsh to me. And
8: would you have made a different decision about your family and buying a house... Uh, would you have thought, gosh, uh, what would happen if interest rates went to 6%, 8% and 10% when you'd lived at a time when interest rates have been hovering around 2% for, you know, four or five years? Is, is, you know, isn't the job of government also in harder times to be able to offer some kind of practical solution? And
1: actually what will be interesting is because a lot of the mortgage experts we've spoken to Say that there aren't loads of people in James's situation because the whole point of post the crash two thousand they
7: were more mortgages. Careful. They're more careful. Yeah. They're
1: more stress tested. Although you were getting an in, a mortgage at two percent, they were stress tested to seven, eight, nine percent. So in theory, although people you know will fill the pinch, you know it might mean you don't you know get a yeah. new car or they go on holiday or that but we won't see we rep- actually we didn't see a big spike in repossessions after the last crash because there were interventions and banks offered you know to remortgage or extend mm-hmm. you know periods and that sort of stuff but um but yeah it's interesting what Kirston what's his Starmer actually suggesting apart from saying it's a terrible business this
7: Wait, what do you mean? What, what policies is yeah. he suggesting?
1: What is he suggesting that the government should do?
8: Well, something. Something. That, that, something must be yeah. done. And Something's he's had a little bit
7: of a pop at the Californian
8: mansion, hasn't yes, he? Which yes, which is quite... Which, yeah.
7: is, which again, um, I mean, some people will get that reference, yeah. but quite a lot of people won't.
1: And I'm going to stick my neck out and say, I don't think Rishi Sunak's got a mortgage on his house in California. I, I
7: suspect you might be right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bold move, that. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, do let me know if you think you're wrong. Uh, I don't think there were any Italians, although there were lots of people around the world watching on the YouTube, no no Italians.
8: Well, that just mm-hmm. proves Jane's point, you very, James very How have <laughs> they done
1: that with their economy? <laughs> <laughs> you know, they were out celebrating their low inflation
8: rate.
1: Uh, right, let's go back uh, to the House of Commons now. Q's up something about with Jane Garvey and Fee Glover here on Times Radio. Let's
2: go back. This is question number five from Keir Starmer. James and his family will have been listening to that Prime Minister. Yeah. Their plight should keep them awake at night because, over the next few years, 7.5 million people are going to be in the same boat, all paying the Tory mortgage penalty—month after month after month. The situation is so dire that repossessions are already up 50 per cent, a total betrayal of the idea that, if you work hard, you will get on. So what is the Prime Minister going to do to make sure more families don't lose their homes. Uh,
4: Mr Speaker, I know he's reading from his prepared script, but he failed to actually listen to the answer that I gave. uh, I did did actually spell out in detail what we are doing, Mr Speaker. We have increased the generosity of support for mortgage interest scheme. We did that proactively in advance. We have also established a new FCA consumer duty that will protect borrowers, for example, by allowing them to extend their mortgage terms or switch to interest-only mortgages. And we have spent tens of billions of pounds supporting households with living costs. Those are the practical steps that we are taking to help James and other families who who are facing these situation, but what I would say, because he mentioned mortgage arrears and uh, repossessions, I am pleased to say, Mr. Speaker, they are actually running at a level today that is below when we entered the pandemic, Mr. Speaker, because of the actions that we're taking. But more importantly than that, perhaps, Mr. Speaker, is that they are also running three times lower than the level we inherited from the last Labour government.
8: Oh, uh, the last oh, Labour government. Yeah. Answer
7: so, all your questions, Matt. Yeah. yeah. That is interesting. Repossessions are three times lower than they were in 20...
1: Before the pandemic. I'm just trying to look at the stats here. I, can't... I mean, they were basically very... I mean, but, huh, partly because during the pandemic there were no uh, repossessions because right, they... Because okay. um, uh, he
7: couldn't, could he? Put them off. Yep. Well, he's st- certainly sticking to his theme at Keir Starmer, isn't he? Um, we've definitely heard the phrase Tory mortgage penalty in every single question so far. Yeah, do you think it's catching on?
1: I just don't think it's very... I don't think it is very... Because ca- the whole point... The way a phrase takes hold in politics... Quite often, actually, it, it, the best ones are the ones that they nick from focus groups. People keep saying, like, take back control was a big part of it. You know, that came from focus groups. I think the... Uh, I think in 2015, I've always kept hearing this stuff on mm-hmm. the doorstep about uh, Ed Miliband in uh, Alex Salmon's pocket. That, you know... So what you want to be doing is sort of repeating back to... Get Brexit done, just get Brexit done. That's what people say. I'm just sick of it, just get Brexit done. And so, you, Tory, Tory mortgage penalty feels like the product of quite a long meeting.
8: Yeah. And do they always have to be three words now? Is that just a, a kind of proven uh, way of developing a slogan? Possibly. Because long- they all are, aren't they? Yeah, Stop yeah. the boats, all of that. Half inflation. Well, that's not that's, that's... long
1: term economic plan was one of the genius <laughs> you can't count, James. one of the genius phrases, long term economic plan, because it was an admission that their short term economic plan hadn't worked <laughs> during the five years of the coalition government. So it just became a long term economic plan as they admitted they weren't going to balance the books for years.
8: Mm. Yeah. So what do you think so far would be lifted out onto the main news bulletins later? Yeah. Where's from the what headline? We've heard? I
1: think that's uh I think at the moment uh, I would say it's unclear. I mean, at the moment, I'd say what Keir Starmer's done is he's, pos- he's inserted himself into the inflation story ahead of uh, the interest rates tomorrow. But I don't think he's got the top line.
7: But also, no digs at uh, the Prime Minister for not turning up for the vote mm. on the Privileges Committee. I thought he might go in on that. Yeah. Well, because there
1: was a tiny bit, Was it, there was some vague... Rest, what was the... Um, he doesn't want to be influenced by anyone. I know the Prime Minister doesn't, doesn't want to influence Well, that's anybody,
7: the only... The only which was what check. he said as yeah. to why Again, he wouldn't say... anything. Oh. you've got to th- overthink it to get the reference. I mean, he's basically got to be
1: a radio presenter to be be follow Matt that Chawley. closely, yeah. to, to know that it, on Monday, Rishi Sunak said he wasn't going to say whether or not he was going to vote mm. on the Boris Johnson thing. Does the only influence on outcome.
8: Have I got time to ask you a big question yeah, before on. we go on? So how different do you think Rishi Sunak would appear today in terms of his political stature if he had turned up for the vote on mm. Monday and, the and been present?
1: I, I do wonder if he might be slightly kicking himself mm. because the fact that only seven voted against the report and those who spoke out in the Commons were a bit feeble. Yeah. <laughs> and even those who spoke out, Leonici, Jacob Smog, didn't vote against yeah. it either. Uh, I think it would have looked quite smart now. If yeah.
7: So if that. I'd been secure, I might have gone in with, "Are you a man or a mouse?" You know, something like yeah, that. Yeah, but, yes. but nothing. We've had yeah. nothing.
1: And actually, you know, I lead my party; he follows his. Was one of the, uh, John, mm. uh, Tony Blair's lines yeah, against John had a good Major. Line, that. Week, weak, Week Is another one. You yeah.
8: Know. It's interesting. We, isn't haven't
1: it? a, we haven't had a zinger for the history books yet. I'm afraid we haven't. But, but there's still time. Yes. <gasps> Here we Grab go. The table, everybody. This is the uh, peroration.
2: Question number six from Keir Starmer. Mr Speaker, Mr Speaker, I'm sure from the vantage point of his helicopter, everything might look fine. But that's not the lived experience of those on the ground. After 13 years of economic failure, across the country, people are paying the price of uncosted, reckless, damaging decisions by the Tory party. And even now, as mortgages go through the roof... The Prime Minister is planning to wave through honours and peerages for those who cause misery for millions. What does it say about this government that while working people are worrying about mortgage hike, paying the bills, even repositions, the Tory Party is rewarding those guilty of economic vandalism? Yeah. Mr.
4: Speaker, no amount of personal attacks and petty point scoring can disguise that the Honourable Gentleman does not have a plan for this country, Mr Speaker. He comes here every week to make the same petty points. We are getting on and delivering for this country. Yes, Mr Speaker, inflation is a challenge. That's why we are on track to keep reducing it. We are reducing waiting lists. We are stopping the boats, all while he is focused on the past, focused on the politics. It's all talk, whereas from this Government and from this Prime Minister, we deliver for the country.
8: God, that's a swerve, isn't it?
7: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, They're delivering... Um, except they're not. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, but that's the Prime Minister. And um, that was a reference, again, to the honours system. I just need it to be clearer, Keir.
1: He does talk slightly. He's still in one court. One step of it. Yeah. He's, uh, he's, there's a lot of assumed yeah, knowledge going on
7: there. A, a tremendous... I do think this is one of the biggest problems. I, it, actually, I would compare it to cricket. You know, I, I enjoy cricket. I'm not against it. But I don't know my silly mid-on <laughs> from my silly point. my silly mid-off. From my silly Yeah, I haven't got a clue. It's, again huge amount of knowledge is assumed. Yeah. Uh, Sakia has got... There are so many options at the moment. Um, fire me up. And especially because we've had
8: a week of visuals, haven't we? You know, on the social media, you can see the jingle and, the mingle, jingle and mingle party yeah. Why yeah. invitations. Why did say that? You know, yeah. last weekend you could see a video. So for, you know, just as a punter, yeah. that's what's in your political head at the moment, isn't it? And
1: you could pull all that together. Like, while the country was locked up, they were partying. While everyone's worried about mortgages, you're giving out gongs. You know, pull Mm. it all to... But, yeah.
7: Yes. He should ask us to go in and help him. And be serious. saying rewarding
8: those guilty of economic vandalism, it doesn't really add up because what we're seeing as punters is people being rewarded who weren't necessarily to do with making economic policy. They were people hanging around the edges yeah. pushing...
1: It's the fact they weren't making economic yes. policy. So that's only just... they were doing something so...
8: That's not a really kind of uh, guided missile, and The reason we are cross about
1: Boris Johnson's honours is because it's for a bunch of nobodies mm. Uh, hangers on who played no part people in people policy. People who broke COVID rules. Yeah. Yeah.
7: that's yeah. what people are cross about. They weren't even senior enough to cock up the economy. No. So yeah. why are they getting anything?
8: So that is a bit of a missed opportunity, isn't it? In a week of weeks.
1: I think uh, I think you might might be right. I've enjoyed I've enjoyed your your unpacking. Have you Have you enjoyed it?
7: Yes. Of you, Fee? I've loved it. Yes.
1: There is a poll running on the YouTube channel.
8: Right. Who
1: would make a better Prime Minister? Mm. Jane Garvey or Fee Glover?
8: Oh, no, that's a terrible poll. Well...
1: um... It's currently split 52-48. No,
7: No, no, it isn't. (laughs) It is. (laughs) It (laughs) is. It's How many people have voted? Eight. Dozens. <laughs> Dozens. Dozens. Okay. Dozens. If you're on the YouTube channel, go on and have a look. I'm currently too busy, but I could I could do it on a Friday. Fe- w- which day is good for you?
8: Well, I think it would just work better if we if we shared. Job share. If yeah, we job, job share. Some people are saying that. Yep. Mm. And because we could just you know we could uh, flip over at exactly this time during the week, could not we? Yeah. Exactly. I think I'm much better at the end of the week, and I think you're much better at the beginning. Yeah,
1: that does make sense. <laughs> Fee, you're currently narrowly ahead. Oh no. Oh okay. I don't want to I don't want to cause friction. You won't. In the relationship i'll
8: pay pay
7: for that later
1: yeah but it could change there's still three minutes to vote so that it's all it's changing can you remind
7: me matt seriously how long now has sakir starmer been doing pmqs uh
1: three years right yeah he took over because he took over in the pandemic didn't he in the first uh sort of tail end of the first lockdown so like april april i'm gonna
7: say yeah april 2020 he still he still hasn't got it right
1: and i think uh, Rishi Sunak is odd in lots of settings. Uh, he's not very good at making a speech. He gets a bit cross at press conferences. Uh, he's quite good at PMQs because he's clearly got nothing to say. But he sort of, you know, bowls through it and, you know. Yeah. Do you think
8: he was prominent in DEBSOC at Winchester College and what, Oxford Deb Debating, Debating Society?
1: Society? Oh, I'm sorry. I would <laughs> yeah. not
8: know. No, well, I
1: think... We didn't um, have one of those at my comprehensive.
7: Yeah, I've not, uh, I've not been a member of one myself. <laughs> I was the secretary of our DEBSOC.
8: <laughs>
1: Were you? Does that mean you were allowed to speak or you just took the minutes? Uh,
7: I did speak, actually. Did you? Yes, and I also took the minutes. Actually, yeah. hasn't stopped But I think since. you're right, actually, Max. I think sometimes
8: uh, Rishi Sunak, and here's a cultural reference yes. uh, for those of our age, can look a little bit like the YTS Prime Minister, yeah. but actually he seems really comfortable yeah. when he is at the dispatch Match box, box. In, in the way that quite often people who've had that kind of yeah, yeah, education... Can do they? They, you know, that's their kind of place to be. He definitely comes
1: into his own more in the dispatch box than he does in other cities And that's all we've got time for on today's episode. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes of Red Box. And you can catch Jane and Fee every day, Monday to Thursday, on the Off Air podcast. Find it wherever you get your podcast from, which features the best bits from their Times Radio show. Or you can catch them live Monday to Thursday, three till five. You can catch me ten till one. Basically, there's no reason to not be listening to Times Radio unless you're listening to our podcast. Uh, but for now, for me, Matt Jolly, it is goodbye.
0: This episode of Politics Without the Boring Bits is brought to you by Luton Rising, owners of London Luton Airport, the UK's most socially impactful airport. Find out more at lutonrising.org.uk.